That is our prayer today. Holy Spirit, fall afresh, fall anew on us in this place. We welcome your presence. We are so glad to be here in your presence and that you are with us. And we, we cry out to you more and more, Holy Spirit, come. Refresh our hearts. Come anew. Grant us anew in filling this day. And may the words that are spoken in this place, Father, lift you up. May it be a place where you're honored and glorified, Lord. And to you be the praise, the honor and glory. For together, we as a family, we pray in Jesus' name. Let the church say, Amen. 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 Good morning, brothers and sisters. How are we this morning? We've got a fantastic even. Well, I just want to say yesterday, it's a, it's a joy to be here. Yesterday is my wife, Ingrid. And Ingrid, you're, where are you? You're here somewhere. Good morning. Um, she doesn't like when I do that, and I'll hear about that later. But um, <laughs> as we were driving here uh, yesterday, um, our phone kept ringing, you know, as we're driving. And sure enough, pastor after pastor uh, connected with us to say, listen, Dave, we're, we're just so thrilled that you're able to be there today, or tomorrow you'll be there at, on Sabbath, but uh, we just can't make it. And so I just want to say that we are, pastors, if you're watching online, we, and Michael, Pastor Michael and Brian, we are praying for you uh, that God will give you strength and uh, continue to be with you um, and give you a refreshed health. And uh, we're sorry that we missed you, but uh, you know that you're with us in our hearts. Well, I'll tell you, um, how many of you like a good adventure? Man, I, I, I love, I love a good adventure, and I have to tell you, for years, um, I have been studying through the adventure of kingdom living, kingdom life. You know, Jesus came, and in, in Matthew chapter 4 and chapter 9, Jesus said, um, everywhere he went, he talked about the kingdom of God, and that new refreshing, that new newness in the life that happens to anyone who receives the, the, the invitation um, accepts the invitation to be part of that kingdom journey with Jesus in the kingdom of God. And so I love, I love to read about an adventure. I love to study and to try and understand how you and I can have or can be part of that type of an adventure. And so for years, I've been studying through the Gospels, trying to, trying to enter in, trying to engage, trying to understand what this life in the kingdom of God is like. But over the last little while, you know, probably the last five, six weeks, you know, Pastor Brian called and said, he said, Pastor Dave, we're doing this, we're doing this series called uh, Bring, Bring the Rain. And, and, the, and I'm just, I can't, I can't tell you what a joy it's been to, to focus my lens um, on the adventure of life with the Holy Spirit. And so I started going back, uh, th those, those studies that I would do in, you know, in the Gospels of life in the kingdom of God, and I decided to sharpen the, the lens just a little bit, turn the lens just a little bit, to try and understand more and more of the Holy Spirit's role in the adventure. Now, I'll tell you what, um, the things I've found has just been transformative in my life, and I'm just excited to be able to be here today to share some of that with you. And so our journey begins this morning in, right in the, in the first, in, in Matthew, uh, Matthew's gospel, and um, I, I'm not going to read every single verse, but I want to just highlight some things that I came across that are, was particularly interesting to me in this adventure. Early on in the Gospels, especially in the book of Luke, we find a character that is, is described, Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, who, um, uh, John the Baptist, of course, who baptized Jesus, a relative of Mary, the mother of Jesus. And the Bible says that Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And then we learn a little bit about her husband, Zechariah, Elizabeth's husband. And there in the Gospels, we also find that the, he is described as one who was 
filled with the Holy Spirit. And then you don't go too, too much further and you, you learn about Mary, the mother of Jesus. And there Mary is described, uh, this miraculous account of the birth of Jesus and how the Holy Spirit came upon her, filled with the Holy Spirit. And then as Jesus grew and, and the time came for them to bring him to the temple, Simeon, you remember the story of Simeon? Simeon was, was an older, older uh, uh, gentleman who was waiting there at the temple to see to finally see with his eyes the consolation of Israel. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit was upon him. And the Holy Spirit told him, listen, you're not going to die until this is fulfilled. And the Holy Spirit told him to go to the temple and there be found and held, held in his arms. He held in his arms the Jesus that he had so desired to see. And he began to prophesy to Mary and to Joseph. Incredible story. Incredible adventure in the Holy Spirit, in the early life of Jesus. And then the Bible goes on to describe John the Baptist, who was filled with the Holy Spirit while he baptized with water. He proclaimed that Jesus, Jesus would baptize with the Holy Spirit and with fire. And then, of course, you don't have to turn very far into the pages where we enter into the story Jesus. As Jesus began to develop and his ministry began to get traction, Jesus, at his baptism, the Holy Spirit descended on him in the form of a dove. He was full of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says. In fact, Luke chapter 4, we find Jesus being led, full of the Holy Spirit, being led into the desert. Remember what happened there, the temptation with the devil. Jesus was led into the desert by the Holy Spirit. And there, as you, as, you, as you continue to turn the pages, you soon find that Jesus leaves that encounter with the devil victorious, and he returns to Galilee, and the Bible says he returned to Galilee in the power of the Holy Spirit. And then Jesus, as his ministry ramps up and his disciples begin to follow him and learn from him and be equipped from him, the Bible says that when the 72 disciples returned back from their mission, from their adventure, they came back rejoicing, and Jesus began worshiping in the joy of the Spirit. It was Jesus who declared that if you know, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Jesus who said, whoa, 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 be very careful, friends. Be very careful about rejecting or blaspheming or working against the Holy Spirit. And when the twelve came back after their adventure, just as he sent them out, or rather when he sent them out, he said, don't you dare worry. Don't you worry about what to say. The Father, the Father will give you the words to say through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit will give those words and he will speak through you. It was Jesus who met with the Samaritan woman and they began a conversation about God-honoring worship and that God is spirit and those who worship must worship in spirit and in truth. But we continue to turn the pages and there Jesus begins to describe the Holy Spirit, this parakletos in the Greek translated by different translations and different authors, the comforter, the counselor, the advocate, the friend, the encourager, the intercessor, the defender, the champion, the vindicator, the promoter, the endorser, the sponsor, the proponent, the maintainer, the sustainer, the upholder, the supporter. Actually, truth be told, there isn't one English word that captures the totality 
and meaning of the Holy Spirit. It's broad. The Holy Spirit is hard to describe. Many scholars have declared there isn't just one single word. It's all-encompassing God. He is God with us who would teach us and recall things to our memory. He is the Spirit of truth. He is the Spirit of truth who testifies of Jesus. The one who convicts us of wrongdoing and rightdoing and, and the consequences. He is the one who will guide you into all truth. And now we, we continue to turn the pages and there we see after Jesus' resurrection something amazing. Amazing. Jesus appears to the disciples and he shows them his hands and his sides after his resurrection and his sides and he speaks peace over them. And then he says these profound words. He tells the disciples, he, it, John chapter 20 verse 22 tells us that Jesus breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. What I would have done to be in that circle, for Jesus to breathe and say, receive, receive the Holy Spirit. The disciples had seen and experienced the working of the Holy Spirit, and here the resurrected Jesus breathed on them the Holy Spirit. Imagine what that would have been like. I've been praying that ever since I've been, I've been diving into the Word. God, give me more and more of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that incredible song. Refresh my life, God. Refresh, give me a new anointing of the Holy Spirit that I might experience and encounter the Holy Spirit anew. But now as the Gospels begin to, begin to close and the story of, the, of Jesus and the Holy Spirit begins to close in Luke chapter 24, verse 49, Jesus commanded them, now you just wait a minute. Just Just wait. He said to them, I'm going to send you what my Father has promised, but stay in the city, stay in Jerusalem until you have been clothed with power from on high. Jesus glorified at the sight of the Father would send them what the Father had promised, power. Power, the power of the Holy Spirit. But now the adventure ramps up. Now the story starts to get traction like never before. And we, we, if you have your Bibles, please turn to Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Love this part of the story. Now we're going to talk about the power of the Holy Spirit. There's something about power. I remember, um, I'm a, for those of you who know me, I'm a car guy. I, I'm a car guy. I love cars. Um, have all my life. My dad was a car guy and this kind of came naturally. And you know, when I was in high school, I, I'll never forget that I was, um, one of the cars I really wanted to have was uh, a Corvette. And I remember saving and saving. My parents helped me and I was able to purchase uh, back in, 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 in the early 80s um, a 1979 Corvette. And I'll never forget, we went to the gentleman's house. We found the car that, that I wanted and, and, and it, was, it was better in every way than I had imagined and we went to see this car, and we went to, my dad and I, we, we, you know, as we entered into the gentleman's home, he walked us through into the garage, and, and there it was, covered up. And, you know, he had it all folded, and we had a cover on it, and he fold, unfolded the cover, and he laid it on the side, and everything about the car was perfect. It was better in every way than I thought. And I'll never forget, it was love at first sight. I said, it's, it's sold. I don't even care if it runs. <laughs> I, I just want to look at it. I just want, this, this is it. This is the car. And, you know, he, he, we, we looked at it. He showed us everything. He had little, you know, a little hat. 
his hat that he had with the Corvette logo on it, and he had his, his little, uh, um, you know, just little things all around. It was so special to him. This was an elderly gentleman, and this was his baby. So, of course, I had to have that car, and I'll never forget. Um, you know, he just started that. We didn't even drive it. We didn't even drive the car. He just, uh, we, we just bought it the way it was. It was absolutely perfect. I'll never forget. We finally got the car home, and the first time that I drove the car, I remember trying to be so careful. You see, when we left, before we left, um, the gentleman, he pulled me aside and he said, young man, he said, you don't have to prove anything with this car. Do you understand? This was his baby. I felt, I felt guilty for taking it from him. He said, this, you don't have to prove anything with this car. And I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir, I understand. And that stuck in my mind. And so as the first time I got to drive the car and, and just, just starting it and putting the key in the ignition and, and just starting it at those over 300 horses, roar! This incredible sound. And I remember my father was beside me and we took the car for a drive and I was so gentle on the pedal. And my, after a while, my father kind of, he said to me, he said, Dave, what are you doing? I said, oh, I'm just enjoying this. He said, you're hardly even driving the car. Drive the car. I said, but dad, you know what the man said? I don't have to prove anything. He said, I don't have to prove anything. Put the pedal to the metal. <laughs> so I'll never forget, you know, I'd, that first time I let those, those horsepowers roar, that engine roar, I had not realized what was under the hood. And then I would do what any other Corvette owner would do. And I got the car home on a beautiful day and I would, you know, I'd wax the car and every time it was sunshiny like a day like today and had just the right temperature, no, not a cloud in the sky. I'd wax the car and I, I'd put the key in the ignition. I'd turn those 300 horses and let them roar. And then I'd put the car back in the garage. And then and I would wait for another nice day and I would, you know, I, I'd put the key in the ignition and I'd get that engine roaring and I'd pull it out in the driveway and I'd wash and wax that car and then I'd, I'd just wait for the right moment and then I'd put the car back in the garage. You know what I'm talking about, amen? Nobody said amen. One guy, you know, you know what I'm talking Come see me after the service. And anyway, <laughs> and I would do that all in all and people would say to me, Dave, what are you doing? Look at the car you have. Look at, look at the horsepower you have. That's not how you... Drive the thing. Take it. You got power under the hood, man. Feel the power. Use the power. I said, no, 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 no. I'm just going just gonna to keep it clean. I don't have to prove anything to anybody. And that, that stuck in my mind. And then years later, as I was processing my own adventure, I realized, wait a minute. Wait a minute. How often do I do that with God? God, God I know. Hey, hey, God, it's Christmas. I know, you know... Yeah, come on out. Come on out. Let's get you out here. Let's shine you up for a little bit. And then, uh, oh, this is great. Yes, God, thank you for coming to this. Yeah, thank you so much. No, just, no, no, just wait. Yeah, th- yes, I understand. Just wait. That's fine. And we pull them out again at certain times of the year, certain events, certain places. And God is saying, you have access to all this power. You have access to an adventure of a lifetime. And this is what you're doing. You're calling on me. You're putting me back. You're calling on me. You're putting me back. God is saying, Dave, no, 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 no. I want to walk with you. I want to engage with you. I want to talk with you. I want to be beside you and in you and through you in your journey and your adventure of life. I want to be part of it. Look under the hood. There's power unlimited available to you. So I started processing and and saying, God, what does that look like? How, how, could that, how could you be fulfilled and that be fulfilled in my life? Then I started meditating on 
these chapters in the book of Acts, if Jesus in the great adventure, if Jesus had access, if Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit to the disciples, if Jesus said, listen, my father wants to give it to you more than you want to give gifts to your children, my father wants to give you the whole power of the Holy Spirit. So I would dive into the text in Acts chapter 1, and I would see in verse, verses 2, Jesus began to do and teach, and, he, and, and Luke began to, Dr. Luke began to write these things until the day he was taken to heaven after giving instructions through the Holy Spirit to the apostles that he had chosen. And after his suffering, he showed himself to these men and gave many convincing proofs that he was alive. And he appeared to them over a period of 40 days, and he spoke about the kingdom adventure, about the kingdom of God. For 40 days, he could have talked about anything else. But he talked about this new adventure in the kingdom of God. And so the story starts to pick up here. And he says, now wait a minute. Um, I, I want you to wait in Jerusalem. Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift that my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So when they met together, they said, oh, that's Jesus, that's great. That's amazing. So listen, tell us, what, is it, are, are you going to at this time be restoring the kingdom to Israel? Is that what you're going to do, Jesus? And he said, you guys, you're not getting it. I want you to wait in Jerusalem. It's not for you to know the times or the dates or try and figure everything out. But in verse 8, he says, you will receive power you're going to receive power when the holy spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in jerusalem and in judea and samaria and to the ends of the earth you see jesus commissioned to them could not be fulfilled by anything that they could do alone and when jesus calls us to ministry friends when he calls us into this adventure he calls us to something that's bigger than us we can't do it on our own and he says, I'm inviting you, come. But I'm going to empower you. I'm going to give you access to, to the throttle, to the power like you've never experienced before. How is that even possible? How is it even possible for the disciples to accomplish what Jesus had asked of them? It was Pentecost. 49 days, 50 days after the Passover. 49 days after the resurrection of Jesus. Second largest festival of the year, the Jewish year. People from all over coming to Jerusalem. Some historians say that the temple, which took over 45 years to build, could hold up to 210,000 people in the 35 acres of the temple alone. And people were coming off from all over the place. You see, God's timing and God's plan is always perfect. And so God planned and pre-planned and ordained that that place, that time... That there it would be proclaimed that Jesus is risen. 
But in order for people to hear the message, in order for people to understand, they have to be full of power. And there in Acts chapter 2, we see this incredible encounter. When the day of Pentecost came, they were together in one place. You see, they'd been praying, 120 of them. They'd been praying to God that God's will be done, that God's will will be fulfilled. God, we just want to submit ourselves to your will. We want to receive the power that you promised. And they prayed together. They prayed together in expectation, in anticipation of the gift of God. Now they were together, the Bible tells us in Acts chapter 2, verse 1, and suddenly a sound, a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came down to rest on them. All of them were filled. All of them were filled. How many were filled? All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit. They began to speak in other languages and tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Incredible experience. And so they went out. They could not help themselves. They went out and they began to share and, and to speak. And the people, you remember the story, the people there, they, they said, who are these people that are speaking in these different dialects, in these different languages? I fully understand them. Hey, yeah, so do I. Hey, yeah, so do I. Who are these men, these people, men and women? We understand them in our own language. And then Peter, Peter, Mr. I deny him three times. Peter, full of the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, he gets up and he says, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's nothing wrong with them. They haven't had too much to drink. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with them. This is what, a fulfillment of what God said would happen. And Peter began to quote from the prophet Joel. In the last days, God says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Sons and daughters will prophesy. Young men will see visions. Old men will dream dreams. Even my servants, both men and women, I will pour out my spirit in those days and they will prophesy. I will show wonders in the heavens above and signs in the earth below. And finally, and everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. Peter says, this isn't isn't a man-made thing. This is not a result of anything man has done, but this is the fulfillment of what God is doing. Wow. Would I have loved to have been in that that congregation that day. They went from place to place telling the story, praising God, sharing the story with conviction. and, And Peter began to tell the gospel story to those who were there and conclude with these with this with this charge god has raised this jesus to life and we're all witnesses of the fact exalted to the right hand of god he has received from the father the promised holy spirit and he has poured out what you now see and hear god has made this jesus whom you crucified both lord and christ and they and they, they were cut to the heart and they said to peter hey what do we do what do we do with this what's our next step peter Peter replied, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Not you might. Not there's a chance. No, maybe. But you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that those who accepted the message that day were baptized. There were over 3,000. What a day that must have been. 3,000. And then as the Holy Spirit was being poured out and poured out among those who believed, 
Then the Bible says, then the Bible says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread. Then, after the filling of the Holy Spirit, they had unity. They devoted themselves to the teaching of the apostles and to the fellowship of the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe. There were miracles and wonders and signs. In verse 44 of chapter 2, it says, All the believers were together. They had everything in common. They sold their possessions and gave to everyone who had need. Every day they met together. They broke bread in their homes, praising God and enjoying favor of all the people. Friends, something was going on. More and more began to accept and see and live and experience the power of the Holy Spirit. Acts chapter 3 tells us of a, a beggar who had been at the temple since birth, crippled since birth. And they're doing what most beggars would do is ask for alms, ask for money. And there Peter and John, as they, entered, as they entered the steps, as they moved closer toward him, he cried out and asked them for money. You see, but they were so full of the power of the Holy Spirit. What was money to them? And so they, they, they said, look, look at us. Look at us. We don't have silver and gold. We don't have, we don't have that with us. But what we do have, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. I tell you what I said over this last little while. What a, I said, God, what would it be? There would be nothing hindering us. No disease, no pandemic, no, no sickness, no condition hindering us for those individuals to be healed. To have that power as described here in the Gospels and, and Acts. Say, Lord, I want more and more of that power. And here the Bible says they took him on the right hand, they helped him up, and instantly his feet and ankles became strong and he jumped up. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk and worship and praise and jump, praising God. And the people were, isn't that the guy? Isn't that the guy who used to be begging? Isn't that the beggar who used to sit there? It looks like him, but he's walking. How is that even possible? And sure enough, when the word got around that that beggar had been healed, of course, the, the religious authorities wanted to find out, by the way, what, how did this happen? Whose authority? Who, who, who did this? Of course, the apostles, they, they, they said it like it was. It was by the power of the name of Jesus Christ who did all this. And you remember as things started to ramp up in this great adventure, you'll remember what happened. The last thing they wanted to hear was Jesus had been risen, the religious leaders, to hear that Jesus had been risen. And it was the power that came, the resurrected power by the Holy Spirit that did these things. And word got out, and it, the Bible says that they seized Peter and John and put them in jail. 
and said, this is enough. By what power has this been done? And Peter said, filled with the Holy Spirit, he said, it is by the name of Jesus Christ whom you crucified. And Jesus began to talk about salvation. He began to talk about the gospel. He began to talk about this kingdom adventure. Salvation is found in no one else, and there's no one name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. And then they started to look at them and say, who are these guys? They're just ordinary men. Ordinary people, friends, like you and I. But they've been with Jesus. They've been filled with the power of the Holy Spirit. Unschooled, ordinary men. And they took note that they'd been with Jesus and Everybody living in Jerusalem started to hear what was going on, this incredible miracle that had just happened. And Peter and John said, listen, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. They couldn't help it. When they let John go, they went to the church. And this is an incredible part of the story. They went back to the church and the church had been praying, God, please be with them. God, please let your spirit pour pour on them. God, watch over them. The Bible tells us their prayer was, Lord, consider the threats. Consider your servants, God, and speak your word through them with great boldness. The church didn't pray for them to take some time off or to take some some time away. The church prayed for them, let's get in this game. Let's get it done. So they prayed for great boldness, stretch out your hand. And after they prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. What an adventure. And the Bible tells us all the believers were one in heart and one in mind. Friends, I read these stories and I read this account over and over again. I'm reminded it is the power of the Holy Spirit that draws men and women to God and to each other. And that's why I've been praying ever so, so, so fervently, God, draw me closer to my brothers and sisters in a time and a place in this world when everything else draws us apart. Draw us closer to each other. And let it happen by the power of the Holy Spirit, God. Well, if we can't do it ourselves, God, bring us with the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says all the believers were one in heart and in mind. Imagine the adventure they were on. Imagine. Nobody was in need. They shared everything. The Bible says more and more, even, to, even for the sick to be brought to the shadow of Peter, Peter's shadow, they would be healed. There was power of the Holy Spirit. The high priest and associates, chapter 5, tells us they arrested the apostles and put them into, into the jail. Now, I don't know about you, but right about now, I'd be saying, well, uh, you know what? I think we're good. <laughs> it's, it's been a good ride. You know, um, I'm missing home. Um, it's been good. We've taken it thus far. Let's just pass the baton to somebody else. You know what I'm saying? Let's just take a, come on, this is getting a little bit too hard right now. And then the angel comes, and the angel comes that, that night, and when the, the angel opens the door, I'll be saying, hallelujah, hallelujah. The door's been open. Let's go. Let somebody else finish the work. We got a good start on it, but let somebody else finish it off. And then to hear those words of the angel who opened the doors and brought them out, the angel said, let's get back to work. (laughs) Woo! Go stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people the full message of this new life. 
what was this new life? A life committed to Jesus. A life refreshed and new with the power of the Holy Spirit. Tell them, tell the full message of this new life. And at daybreak, they did exactly that. They went to the temple courts and they began to teach and to preach to the people that were there. And I would not have wanted to be the runner who was told by the, by the religious authorities, now go and bring the apostles, bring them to us. And as they came back to say, um, uh, I was there and they're not there anymore. And then to hear someone else run into the court to say, have you heard that the apostles are there in the temple courts? They're still speaking. What do you do with these people? Who are these people? They just can't and won't stop. Gamaliel had a good plan. He was a teacher of the law. He said, listen guys, whoa, whoa, whoa. There's others who have gone before them. Listen, if this is of man, it's going to die off. It'll fade off. Don't worry. But if this is from God, you're never going to stop this. So they had a plan. It's only recorded in a couple verses here in chapter 5. They brought the apostles in, and in three words, had them flogged. I don't get it. I don't know what that would have been like. I mean, you have, you line up, maybe one or two, and you know that these are strips of leather, maybe chain, and at the end are these sharp-edged bits of glass or metal. And so the first one gets beaten 30, 40 less one, 39 times, because 40 is guaranteed death, but 39, there's just a little bit of life left. And we're standing in line, and you know, you can still talk about the weather here when there's 10 or 12 between you and the post. You can still talk about some of the sales that you've encountered, some of the things, you know, how things are going at work. Maybe here. Maybe as you get just a little bit closer, maybe you can throw in the odd comment about your family, about where you live. But here... Here's where the rubber meets the road. Here's where everything you profess, here's where everything you, to the deep core, the deepest part of your core, here's where it gets tested. And on my own, friends, I gotta, I'll be the first one to admit I may have a, a powerful name like Schwinghammer. I mean, you know, growing up with Schwinghammer. Don't mess with Schwinghammer. But inside a little teddy bear. I'm not very strong. 
if I had to stand here, I know what my flesh, what my humanness would want to do. Get me the first ticket out of here. But in this adventure, in this adventure, it's not about you or me or how strong you are or how strong I am. God says, I've got that covered. I will give you a gift that is so powerful. The Holy Spirit who will speak words through you that you never could think of or say. At the moment when your knees are shaking, I will give you a strength within you from the core of your being that you will stand strong. That you will proclaim. When nobody else will, you will. But it is me doing it through you. That's the power of the Holy Spirit, friends. Because it doesn't make any sense. The Bible says they were flogged, they were beaten in just a short sentence. And then it ends with something sounds so ridiculous to the common ear. But to those on the adventure, yet we get it. We understand. We, we begin to understand. The apostles left the Sanhedrin, verse 41, rejoicing because they'd been counted worthy of suffering disgrace for the name. What? You don't leave this situation, you don't leave this situation with, with a high five, with, with high-fiving one another or rejoicing. But they did. Why? How? Day after day in the temple courts and from house to house, they never stopped teaching, never stopped proclaiming the good news that Jesus is the Christ. They tapped into power like they'd never had before. And you and I, friends, have access to that same power. The same power that raised Jesus from the dead. The same power. Oh, pastor, you don't get it, man. My life is so messed up. It's it's just not going to happen. Claim it. Ask for it. Expect it. May not come the way you want it to. It may not come and finish the way you, you, you thought it should be finished. But God will be faithful. God will walk with you. God will restore you. God will refresh you. And then do it again the next day. God, I have this day coming before me and I don't, I don't know how this is going to end. God, you take control. God, I want to lay it aside. I want to draw from your power. God, you speak through me because at the end of the day, you get the glory, not me. I wish we had more time to go through. There's so many other examples of God and the Holy Spirit, the power of the Holy Spirit taking over ordinary men and women like you and me. But I want to tell you, I'm not satisfied. I want more and more and more. What about you? Friends, I'm not satisfied. This world, are you kidding me? The more I hear, the more I watch, the more I see this world. It's just falling apart. It's just separating at the seams. They need to know of a Jesus. A Jesus who can bring bring their families back together, who can bring hope to a world that's just so getting so sick and tired of being sick and tired. And that's us. 
Yeah, but pastor, you don't understand. I, I can't even. Yes, you can't. Because I can't either. But with the power of the Holy Spirit, there's nothing is impossible for us. So I, I resolve today and I commit to you today. Let's do this together. Let's let the power, let, let, let's let it rain on us. Let God send the rain. And we're not going to stop asking until the places we worship are shaken, until we sense the presence of God mightier than we ever have before. We're not going to stop. Oh, that's, that's where I want to land. I may not have done a lot of things right, but one thing I know, I serve a God who, who's done everything right. And he doesn't stop doing things right. Who does that? Who does that? Who, who goes that distance and still doesn't stop? Well, Take a breath.
worth more I could ever come close Nothing can compare You're our living hope Your presence I've tasted and seen Of the sweetest of loves My heart becomes free and all my shame is undone in your presence Holy Spirit you are welcome here come flood this place and fill the atmosphere glory God is what our hearts long for to be overcome by your spirit your presence Lord your presence heard our cry. 
You've heard the desire of our hearts, Lord, that we would, Holy Spirit, that you would come afresh on us. That you would provide for us all that we need. That you would speak through us and to us. That you would provide the power, all that we need, Lord. Spirit of truth, that you would reveal truth to us. Truth that is known in Jesus. That you would guide and direct our hearts, God. That you would convict us of what is right. Convicted of what is wrong and the consequences. God, we pray that you will guide and lead us and direct us. We believe with all our hearts that the time is short. That's why we cry out to you. We need more and more of you. And so I pray for my brothers and sisters here in the Medford Church family, Lord, that you will provide for them and grant them, enable them, God. Pour out your spirit as never before. That this community at large would know something's going on. Something's going on in that church family as never before. Thank you, God, what you're doing in this place. Thank you. But across this great conference you've called us to, let us rise above, God. We are here because of you, and we are here for you. Holy Spirit, fall afresh on us. Thank you. We pray for those who are not well, Lord. We pray for healing. We pray that you will touch them, anoint them, God. We pray for healing. We pray for hearts that are broken, God. We pray for families that are broken. Draw us one to another, Father, we pray. We give you the honor. We give you the glory. We thank you in advance for what you're doing and what you're already about to do. Thank you. Thank you for hearing this prayer and the prayers that we've cried out to you today. Thank you for hearing and already answering. We thank you in the wonderful, powerful name of Jesus and God's people said, Amen. Remember that time we were together and we're going to share all eternity to tell the stories. Remember when we were talking about the adventure? By the way, how did it end for you? Wow, I can't wait to hear the rest of the story. God bless you all. Have an amazing Sabbath.